St. Augustine said, I would not believe the scriptures or the word of God if the church did not teach me this. Does that mean the authority of the word of God rests on an authority external to itself? Does the power and the authority of the Word of God rest on a power and authority outside of itself, whether it be the church or reason? No. The Bible is sovereign over the church. The Bible is sovereign over the mind. The Bible is a living, breathing, powerful, breath of God. We call this the doctrine. This doctrine we call sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. Sola scriptura does not mean Bible alone. It means by the Bible. And that preposition by is very important. For the church is the pillar and buttress of the truth by the scripture alone. By the word alone. The church lives, moves, and has its being. And by scripture alone, the church summarizes its teaching so that we confess with one mouth, believe with one heart, unified together, unified by the word of the Lord. Call this confession, our creeds and confessions, we call it the regula fide, the rule of faith. And the rule of faith is authoritative in the life of the church, in the life of the Christian. The confessions and the creeds are authoritative by Scripture alone. Now, Rome has a rule of faith, fides implicitata. Whereby you must believe everything Rome teaches based on the authority of Rome. Evangelicals rule themselves solo scripture, me and my Bible alone. Which tends up, always ends up they follow some guru, some theological guru. Our rule of faith is by scripture alone. The church believes everything the scripture teaches, even when an angel, a guru, or Rome brings another gospel. We are born, we are bred by the word alone. As our text this morning, we read verse 1 of chapter 13. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord. Man of God arrived by the word of the Lord. The phrase, by the word of the Lord, is almost exclusive to this text. You can find that phrase, by the word of the Lord. You find it one time in Samuel. You find it one time in the Chronicles. You find it one time in Psalm 33. One time in Jeremiah. Seven times in this text. Seven times. The narrator writes, by the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. It's the central idea of this story. 
This is a sola scriptura story. Sola scriptura means the Bible is the source of God's word. So as we, as Reformed Christians, we don't need a magisterium. The Bible is our magisterium. Now the man of God needs a ministerium. By the word of the Lord, Christians need a ministry. And the ministry is a servant of the word alone. And the creeds and confessions are our ministerial. They have ministerial powers, our rule of faith, to keep us, keep us reformed Christians. The creeds and confessions keep us Catholic. It keeps us united, one holy church, and keeps us not tossed to and fro by the wind and cunning deceitfulness of men who sow weeds of heresy and discord and love to prey on the church that doesn't have creeds and confessions, who's just me and my Bible only. We don't listen to angels, tongues, personalities, geniuses, gurus, or prophets. The Bible is the only voice of God. Voice of the church, the word of God. The life of the church, creation of the word. The man of God arrives only by the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord to Bethel, Jeroboam, while the word of the Lord brought this man out of Bethel, Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. The altar and offering that he is making here is not by the book. It's an offering not by the words. It's an offering by the heart of man. We read in 1 Kings, which is the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 33, that Jeroboam went up to the altar that he had made in Bethel on the fifth day of the eighth month, in the month that he, here's the important phrase, or that clause, that he devised from his own heart. He instituted a feast for the people of Israel and went up to the altar to make offerings. Devised from his own heart. This is idolatry. Idolatry is worship regulated by the will of man. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mark 7.21 says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covenanting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. And these evil things, Jesus says, it's the heart that defiles a person. And so the Bible is not fond of Christians following their heart because the heart leads to evil things. So the heart leads to destruction. And that's what we find in our text, verse 2. And the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord. It said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, the son shall be born in the house of David, Josiah thy name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. Crying out, the man of God came, crying out, Against idolatry, which is a very difficult thing. From now on, as we read verse Kings, we're going to see these prophets coming to Israel, and they're going to cry out to Israel over and over again. They're going to cry out against the idolatry in Judah and the idolatry in Israel. 
the work of prophets, ministers of the word to decry idolatry. Because the kingdom of God will not be led by idolatry. It will be led by the word of the Lord alone. And so the word of the Lord destroys the works of the heart. Verse 3, and he gave a sign. God's word loves signs. Sometimes God's word speaks. He loves to accompany his word with signs. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and ashes that are on it shall be poured out. This is a sign of rejection. It's a graphic illustration of the Lord's jealousy. The Lord rejects false worship. No matter how sincere, no matter how much you feel it in your heart, if it's not by Scripture alone, God hates it, God curses it, and destroys it. So as a Christian, it's important to look at worship and ask yourself important questions like, is the Mass in Scripture? Can you find the Mass in Scripture? What about the theater of contemporary worship? God forbid the making of images of the Godhead? Does God require reverence and awe? Does it require decency and order? Are things men devise for worship valuable? Christianity comes by Scripture alone. Scripture alone is the answer to Christianity. Verse 4. And on and when the king heard the saying, the man of God, which he cried out against the altar of Bethel. Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so he could not draw it back to, him, back to himself. This here is another sign. This is a sign of authority. Stretching out his hand against the man of God. Really, he was stretching out his hand against God's word. And man has no power here when it comes to God's word. Man has no authority. No church has power or authority over God's word as his hand is dried up upon itself as he stretched it out against the word of the Lord. This stretching out and drying up of the hand is a sign of the word's power. See, the word destroys false worship, false piety, false authority. The Bible is the instrument of destruction against idolatry. God is not pleased with the sincerity of heart. He's pleased with his word alone. So we must be obedient to God's word and God's word alone. And so the man of God treated so his hand his hand is hands uh, dried up. Verse 6, and the king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God. Pray for me that my hand may be restored. And the man of God entreated the Lord. And the king's hand was restored to him because came as it was before. The king said to the man of God, Come with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. The man of God said to the king, If you give me half your house, I will not go in with you. And I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord commanded him a certain command. And to disobey God's word is dangerous. This is the next part of the story. The word of the Lord is dangerous. The word of the Lord destroys. Actually, the text says that when the altar was destroyed, it says this is the sign of the Lord spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down. 
And even as it's so, it was torn down. The text says the word of the Lord tore down the altar. Verse 5, it says the altar was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign of the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. We are not told how the altar was torn down. We are merely told that the altar was torn down. We don't see the means of its destruction, but it was destroyed. And the text says, destroyed by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord destroys disobedience. Whether it be worship, idolatry, whether it be disobedience in life, the word of the Lord is powerful. We have the next part of the story. It's the prophet's disobedience, chapter 11, and over verse 11. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also followed their father the words that he had spoken to the king. This prophet gets excited, this old prophet. He calls his sons, go, go, find this, go find this man of God. They find the man of God sitting by an oak tree. The old prophet saddles up, and he goes and finds the prophet. And he seeks to have the prophet stray from the word of the Lord by another word. He wants to lead the prophet, the man of God. The prophet wants to lead the man of God away from God's word of disobedience like the king. He said in verse 15, come home with me and eat. And the man of God said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me. If you have your highlighter or you underline, underline where it says, For it was said to me by the word of the Lord. Neither shall you eat, neither shall you drink, nor return by any way when you came. The reason I want you to underline, it was said to me, is because you notice in this text, the man of God softens the word of God. When he was talking to the king, he said, the Lord commanded me. Now he softens the word and says, the Lord has said to me. It's subtle, I know. But he's actually taking away from the word of the Lord. And when you take away from the word of the Lord, when you soften God's word, when you take away or add to God's word, you're no longer following the word alone. But you're following the word. The idea is opinions and commandments of men. And the results are always deadly when you follow the word of another. You see, taking away or adding to the word of God always leads to deception. Verse 18. And the old prophet said to him, I also, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel, so he's like, I have a word and a sign. I have the word from the Lord, and an angel gave it to me. By the word of the Lord, he says, saying, bring him back with you to your house and eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. The prophet attests to the word of God and even an angel, but he had another word, another sign. Also, he stuck with the softer form of the word. The Lord spoke to me, not commanded. Laid away. Adding and subtracting from God's word destroys the soul of scripture. Before you know it, you're following the heart. You're following guru, false prophets, and those who pray on those who don't stand on the pillar of budgets of the truth. It's the church. The church are creeds and confessions. They are a rod and staff that protect and defend us from wolves. For false prophets would bring another word. See, God's rod and staff is the church of the creeds and confessions that 
defends us, protects us, and leads us beside still waters and green pastures that we may feed on the pastures of God's word alone. The pure word alone. Without creeds and confessions, the sheep are led away by new and alternative versions of truth. The man of God must obey what the church has heard. The church has heard from God. That was St. Augustine's point. We believe everything the scriptures teach, even when an angel or another prophet brings another word. Now, having Daryl greeted Yahweh's command, the word merely spoke to him. The man of God turns back, eats, and drinks with his own judgment. Verse 20 says, And as they sat at table, the word of the Lord came to the false prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, Thus says the Lord, because you disobeyed the word of the Lord not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten and drink, drunk water in the place of which it is said, do not eat, do not drink. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten, bread and drunk, he settled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now the man of God would die and be buried improperly for one reason alone. The text is very clear. He dies for one reason alone. He was both disobedient to the word of the Lord. He violated God's word. Violating God's word is dangerous business. Forsaking God's word, ignoring it, following your heart, or a guru is risky business. And the moment those who preach another word, the moment those false prophets give another word, the moment we disobey the word, we are anathema. Anathema means reserved for destruction. The man of God's destruction was set and delivered. He disobeyed God's word. And the word is a means of death against disobedience. Verse 24, as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. His body was thrown on the road. And the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. And that's because the word requires complete and radical obedience. Verse 25. The old men passed by, saw the body thrown on the road, and the lion standing by the body. They came and told it to the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way, heard of it, said, Is this the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord? Therefore the Lord has given him the lion, given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord. I know you might be thinking in your modern hearts, this seems so unfair. It seems so unfair that this man of God had to be killed when he was merely duped. He was duped by a false prophet. Why does he deserve to die for being led astray by a false prophet? Because the word of God stands over everyone. Especially the man of God. Seek to be a man of God. It's dangerous business. Being a man of God. Voice and voice of the world being a man of God. It's risky business. You might think twice about it. God's word must be obeyed. 
obeyed or false judgment. Judgment was promised. Judgment came. The man of God was put to death and buried outside his home. Because the word of God always comes to pass. Which is the point of the story? Read in verse 32. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, against all the houses, the high places that are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. God's word always comes to pass. It's living, it's active. So we can expect judgment if Jeroboam doesn't set himself straight. Verse 33, after this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil. He did not turn from his evil way, but made priests for the high places, again from among all the people, any who would be ordained to the priests of the high places. In the end, Jeroboam was not obedient. But we can expect judgment. As God's judgment met the man of God, surely it will meet Jeroboam. Verse 34, and this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and destroy it from the face of the earth. By the word of the Lord, Jeroboam's house was destroyed. By the word of the Lord, Jeroboam's house was cut off, put to death. See, the word of God is the instrument of destruction. It is the instrument of death. Terrible thing to fall into the hand of a holy God. What you hold in your hand, the word of God, is an instrument of power. Prophets cannot escape God if they're disobedient. Kings cannot escape God if they're disobedient. No one can escape God if they're disobedient. None can escape, for it is the power of destruction and death. The word is the power of destruction and death for those who do not believe. And death is coming for us all. Death is coming for you. But death is not the last word. You see, as the law was fulfilled in the death of the Son of Man, the man of God, rather, as the law was fulfilled in the death of the man of God and destruction of Jeroboam's house, as these things came to pass, so also, the point of the text is, so also God's promises to David will come to pass. Even you have these disobedient men of God, even though you have disobedient kings, God's promise will prevail. The house of David will prevail. And the last word of scripture is Christ. Christ is the last word. He's the God-man. Not the man of God who came out of Judah, but the God-man who came out of Judah by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord sent Christ. He fulfilled the word of the Lord perfectly. He was tempted by another word, even an angel, the devil himself, tempted Jesus with another word, disobedience. Christ said, no, man lives by every word of the Lord. Man shall live by every word of the Lord alone. And by Christ's obedience, he was perfectly obedient to the point of death. And death on a cross 
and gain for his people David's everlasting kingdom. And though perfect, he was destroyed. And he was cut off by the word of the Lord. Promised death and destruction to the Savior. <laughs> that was unfair. And that, my friends, is the gospel. Is good news. And by scripture alone, we are brought into the kingdom of God through the blood of Christ. So Christian, find safety in the word. Find safety in the word alone. Because in the word alone, you find the comfort of Christ. You find your Savior. Follow its Savior. Follow the mediator of the word. Believe its Savior. Find comfort in your faithful Savior. And follow the Lord. Follow his word all the day of your life. Because Yahweh will be true to his word. His word says he will destroy this world completely. Christ returns to judge the living and the dead. The word will be an instrument of destruction and death against those in disobedience to the gospel. It will be fair. It will be terrible. Now is the time of grace. Look to Christ. The word eternal. Who is the author of our faith. Now is the time of grace, not for long. For Christ is the final word. And the final word Christ brings at the end is the law. The double-edged sword proceeding from his mouth. His robes dipped in the blood of him. And the law will be fulfilled. One last word. His dying world. With Christ. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.